0: Good evening, everybody. I'm Mystery Matt, and you're listening to the Mystery Matt Spotlight Podcast. In this evening's episode, we will be discussing the second part to our true crime of Carla Himoka and Paul Bernardo. And if this kind of topic is not your bag, baby, then don't worry. We hope to be back next week with a new topic altogether. But if you do enjoy this kind of thing... Strap yourself in, and we'll get to part two. This evening, I'm joined by Kelly and Sarah, just like last time. Take it away, ladies.
1: All right, we're going to jump right into the investigation. We'll start with Tammy Lynn Homolka, since she was the first victim. She died early morning of December 24th, 1990, or was it December 25th? I actually have conflicting reports. It was the morning of the 24th and the morning of the 25th. Anyways, police interviewed Paul, Carla, and Lori while Dorothy and Carl were at the hospital. The responding officer had to stop Carla from washing a comforter that was in the den, asked why Tammy was in Carla's bedroom. Paul said the lighting was better. Later, when the officer checked, he noted that the lighting was fine. The den was on a dimmer switch, and the switch in Carla's room was a simple on and off. So he kind of bought that excuse, but at the same time was like, oh, maybe this guy's just not familiar with the house. The victim was found on her back, her gray pallor of her skin, and a baseball-sized reddish mark around her mouth. The autopsy said COD was due to aspiration of fluid in the lungs, choking on vomit, trace amounts of alcohol in the blood, and no visible signs of trauma, despite the fact that Tammy had been violated four times by Bernardo, twice annually and twice vaginally. Pathologists noticed nothing unusual about her orifices. Could not explain the red mark possible acid burn from vomit and when the body was later assumed the red mark was still visible.
2: And you know what they said that uh, the reason she had the red mark on her face was because they had to drag her body. Yeah, they said
1: it was um what, carpet burn or yeah, red burn? Carpet yeah. burn.
2: How I'm sorry, but like if
1: Unless you're doing it face
0: down?
2: Well, a friend like if, if a <clears throat> friend of mine or my sibling or somebody was choking to death and I And I was trying to move. I don't know. I guess I wouldn't drag them face down because I'd be worried that it would be worse. It would be worse. Yeah. 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 So I don't understand how they didn't question that.
1: But yeah, I'm with you. And I've never ever been able to buy that excuse that it was rug burn, which is why I'm more likely to go with the fact that it was an acid burn from the vomit. But we all know that it was from the halothane. Yes. So. So that was that. Um. Then the Henley Island Rape, the 14-year-old girl did have a rape kit performed and she gave a description of her attacker. And so most of these are really quick to go through because, well, there's not a lot of information in some of them. So then we'll move on to Leslie Mahaffey. She was last heard from by a friend who said Leslie called her from a payphone near the Mahaffey home on Upper Middle Road in Burlington. Um. Dan and Deborah Mahaffey canvassed the grocery store and the bar beside it plus the area surrounding Dan even checked Spencer Smith's park, the mall, and her usual hangouts and friends' homes. Police did very little, and the media didn't really cover any of it. There was a composite sketch released of um, a person of interest, a good-looking male in his mid-twenties, clean-shaven, with short, neatly trimmed blonde hair with a muscular build. Her body was found Saturday in June of 1991 in St. Catharines in a small lake called Lake Gibson. Body was dismembered and encased in concrete blocks. Maggots were found on the torso and sent to Royal Ontario Museum to see if they could be, determine how long the torso had been lying in open air. A piece of concrete containing her head was spray-painted black. Scrapings were sent to the Center of Forensic Science in Toronto to determine brand. And samples of the cement were also sent to be tested. Identified by dental records, there was no fingerprints. There was no. Bar- they checked all barns, abandoned buildings, and old factories were searched as well. The type of cement used was Quick Mix. Had a suspect, Peter Stark, who was suspected in killing five young women. Later, police exhumed Leslie's body to do another postmortem. Results were never released, except later it was revealed two bruises on each side of her spinal column. Similar marks were found on Kristen French's body. COD was recorded as asphyxiation. Most of the evidence on her body would be compromised from the cement and the water. And Canadian psychiatrists and psychologists did up profiling Leslie's killer. They might want to leave profiling to the FBI. Um, they said the offender is intelligent, careful, organized, white-collar worker, possibly in construction. I think they actually meant blue-collar, because white-collar is more per- somebody in the financial district, which actually white-collar would be a little bit more accurate. Um, had an isolated area, basement or garage, carefully controlled personality, personality we a solid citizen, wouldn't draw attention, not from the neighborhood, collects pornography like kitty porn, not a psychopath, and only one unsub. We know there was definitely two. Other police reports that came in uh, regarding that, like that connect to this case are um, two different women reported being stalked by a man in his 20s driving a gold Nissan. Both gave descriptions of car and license plate. One of them even followed him to his neighborhood, but didn't see which house he went into. The police never followed up. And yes, that man was indeed Paul Bernardo who was stalking these two women. Now we go. Um, Greg McRary consulted on a profile for Leslie Hoffie's killer. We talked about Greg McRary in JonBenet Ramsey's case. This time, I think he was kind of off the mark. He wasn't really on it, like as much as he was on that last case that we did. He did get some things right. He said that it was sexually motivated and that murder was secondary. Fantasized the scenarios in the past. experience with tools, likely a laborer. Abduction, rape, murder, and dismemberment, and cemented was done in Burlington. The NSub drove her body to Lake Gibson for disposal, which we all know was wrong. The NSub would be under a great deal of stress, and that would precipitate change in behavior. Might start abusing alcohol, drugs, or find religion. He also did up the profile without the usual tools to build a profile. He didn't have any crime scene photos. He didn't have the autopsy or police reports. He just was doing it of what he was told. And then Kristen French is calling. She's got the most um, evidence because the more investigation was done, like a more in-depth one. Eyewitnesses reported a man standing beside passenger side of a car in the parking lot of the Grace Lutheran Church told police it was a possible Camaro. One left shoe was found with arch support. Lock of hair, a section of a mat ripped off showing streets of Scarborough. Her, the skin on her body was pink in color and clean. Accurate TOD could not be determined, although it was suspected that she had died recently and dumped there, not weeks. Body was found on the side; on its side, face was distorted. Niger investigates- investigators identified her because they knew French was missing the top part of her smallest p- finger on her left hand. Bruising showed she had been beaten and raped. Hair had been chopped off. Um, her body was in p- overly pristine condition. Larvae developed in nose and ears and mouth and now believe that French and Mahaffey murders were connected, and they know two people abducted Kristen French. So general evidence for both of Leslie and Kristen, uh, Bernardo's best friend Van told a friend who was with the OPP about his suspicions of Bernardo and how much he looked like the sketch of the Scarborough rapist and how those rapes stopped in 1990 when Bernardo moved to St. Catharines. Twelve days after Kristen was found, police knocked on Bernardo's door. Um, He couldn't help but brag to Carla later, how calm and cool he was, and that they never suspected anything, and they didn't. They never returned about that.
2: I'm just rolling my <coughs> eyes so much. Yeah, I hate this guy. He's such a fucking douchebag.
1: He's a douche. He's putting. It, that's actually being nice. When you think about it, mm-hmm. January 1993. Two years later, test results from the Scarborough rapes were done. Results. Results. Results.
2: I just like. I can't believe it took that long.
1: Yeah, three years. Yeah. yeah, because the technology wasn't up to snuff. Right? It's just,
2: but that's such a long time.
1: But the results pointed to Bernardo, and yeah. they promptly put him under surveillance.
2: Now, wouldn't you just move in for that? <laughs> yeah, they you have they, DNA they put evidence. Him on surveillance, 24-hour surveillance, and then tapped his phone, and that,
1: yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's it. So, as we all know, we've discussed the fact that that they videotaped a lot of the attacks, not just on French Mahaffey and her sister Tammy, but also on Jane Doe. I'm not sure did they taped Norma or not, but they did tape Jane. And I think January Girl that we never really touched on either. January Girl. Yeah, it was so brief that there wasn't a whole lot of information, but that happened before their marriage.
2: January Girl is the name that they came up with, that they referred to her as. And I think that's so disgusting. It was, I, I believe that was right after Tammy, right? Yeah, it was. So they were, I don't know coping quote-unquote in their own way and decided like two weeks after Tammy's death that they needed another sex slave so they got this girl and they nicknamed her January girl because it happened in January nobody knows
1: her name so the videotapes were first discovered by Bernardo's first lawyer Ken Murray six eight millimeter tapes and Murray sat on those tapes for two months before he called or before he contacted a lawyer to take over his case, and then he called his own criminal attorney. Murray was ordered by a judge to hand over all the tapes and any copies. At first, Murray denied there were copies, but then admitted to them and was forced to hand them over as well. Now, my thought is, what are you going to do with those copies, Ken Murray? Are you going to sit there and spank your monkey to them? Are (laughs) you some sick fuck, too? (laughs) Spank your monkey. You know what I mean? Like, why do you need copies of them? Like, why would you even deny? It's like, yeah, I made copies. You know, I needed them for my defense. Fine. But you're not doing that now.
2: Yeah, because he stepped away from the
1: case. You stepped away from the case. So, you, why would you even deny that you had copies? Yeah. It makes and, no sense to me. That's hinky uh, and sketchy. And I'm,
2: oh, that makes me mad. Sarah, mad. Mad. Yeah. Um. I know on some of the tapes, there was some consen- consensual sex. Like, uh, I think they had a threesome with a hooker. Yeah, that's
1: different. If it's consensual, whoop de doo Basil, right? <sighs> But, but there was a lot a of tapes. A lot of
2: that was not consensual. And these poor girls were raped repeatedly, tortured, beaten. Mm-hmm. Like, it's horrible. Well, two months after that, when Inspector Bevan
1: was given the tapes, and they were screened by over 40 members of the... i on, to turn my page because I can't remember. Of the um, Green Ribbon Task Force. I couldn't remember the name. Yeah, the stupidest name ever. Yeah afterwards Bevan arranged for counseling for the 40 plus members of the task force because of these tapes so that's how bad they were so i mean can you imagine having to sit there for to watch these tapes six of them
2: am i talking too loud no it was your cough. oh i'm sorry Le-
0: leave more pauses after your cough don't go <laughs> and we went over to, oh, okay yeah give me give me room to can work you s- here
2: give you a little wiggle room
1: yeah so can you imagine if you had to sit there and watch these tapes yeah i probably would need counseling too
2: absolutely i it was hard enough i i know we're going pretty light on the details here um but it's it's hard enough to have to read about it listen and listen to other people talking about the case just i i can't even imagine watching it
1: No, neither. I mean, the visuals that the book that we read was bad enough. And then I read a second book and I ended up saying, no, I'm not reading these details again. So I actually skipped over the details of every of the actual full blown attacks. I'm like, I'm not sitting through that again. No, no, I'll pass. And that was one of my rules when we did this. I'm not Going through the extreme details of what happened to these girls. It, it's, it was just horrific as and, the, is. and
2: then the other thing I think it makes, like, there's two re- two reasons that are sticking out in my mind that make it, like, so much more horrific is because it's so close to home. Uh-huh. Like, even listening to you talk about um, places I recognize when you were just talking now, it's, it's like, I, I just shake my head because, like, I've been there. It's like I and, work in Burlington, so yeah. I see all these yeah. places.
1: I I've walked Spencer Smith Park with my daughter, like, mm-hmm. um, and they have two prominent malls. I'm assuming back then. I think they were probably talking mostly about Burlington Mall. I don't. Yeah, I can't remember if Mapleview was done by then or not. Um, because I mean that's going back some time. And then, and, and then same with Penn Center. And well, my best friend went to school at Governor Simcoe, where that one girl was raped. Like, and she knew friends of Kristen's and her dad worked with. Carla's mom or yeah so like there's so many connections and it's just it just gets ridiculous so when I was researching this case because I worked nights I was doing a lot of it in Burlington at my job and I didn't want anybody seeing what books I was reading or what I was doing yeah I would cover the covers
2: when Sarah handed me the book to read after she had finished it (laughs) there was just a blank a blank piece of paper covering the front um, just so that nobody had to see their stupid faces
1: because you don't know if anybody in that building
2: was knew the families. Yeah, they absolutely could have. And yeah. then the other thing um, that I think is different about this case too is even though we don't know a lot of the victims, like specifically who they were, we don't know details about their lives, a lot of them are still alive today. Yeah. yeah. And it's to me, it's one thing like, but even if I
1: had a list of the Scarborough rapist victims, if I had their names, I would not read them, anyways. You know, because I would. Yeah, you have to respect no, no, the no. privacy, That's right? That's fair. That's fair. Yeah.
2: Um, but it's just like I'm talking about more of the like the fact that they're alive. Mm-hmm. I think it's easier to kind of separate when you know we're talking about a case and the person's no longer with us, and we can kind of just section that off in our brain but But, when you know this person is still alive they probably live somewhat near you you've been to these places yeah like it's just it's all a lot yeah so
0: well before hold on before you go on also when you mention victims that uh have passed away You're kind of like bringing recognition to them. Like, listen, this person suffered like this. We got to make sure this kind of thing doesn't happen. However, when it comes to someone who is a still living victim, now it's a thing of privacy. You don't want to bring attention to them or anything else that might be unwanted or anything else like that, right? So, um, that that's a major difference between you know living versus dead victim mentions you know
1: yeah so obviously after carla was beaten by paul severely and ended up in the hospital for three days um she had to do something right so she got a lawyer
2: yep she lawyered up
1: good actually good for her that was actually smart although i can't stand this woman that was very smart
0: yay paper shuffling who doesn't like paper shuffling?
1: paper shuffling i'm
0: gonna hold on to the mic Luck be a lady. No, inappropriate for this kind of topic, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do yeah. that. Yeah. See, it's it's really hard to you know bring the upbeatness that is known in the Mystery Mat Spotlight to a topic like this. However, it's shown mathematically that there's a large portion of the audience that likes the topic, such as this. So everybody's got their paperwork back in order. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm glad everyone's here tonight. Let's continue.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So as uh, Sarah mentioned before, um, Carla was beaten so severely that her injuries put her into the hospital. And she made claims that he made her sleep in the root cellar, threw knives at her and threatened to kill her. It was at this point that Carla laid the groundwork by telling her friends and family that he was beating her and her coworkers were recognizing the bruises. She wasn't able to hide them anymore. So she started reading books about abused spouses. She created an alibi for herself. And presented herself in a five-hour interview to the police as the textbook battered wife.
1: Or also known as a compliant victim.
2: Yep. At this point, she started dating someone else. And it was only a month after she had separated from Paul.
1: She was staying with her aunt and uncle up in... Where was mm-hmm. it? Up in near Tobacco or something. like know. that?
2: But uh, she wasn't around St. Catharines. Well, she was up in
1: the Toronto area. That much I yeah. know.
2: And uh, because they were separated, Paul was <laughs> so upset. <laughs> this part becomes
1: so sad because it's so horrible. And yeah. I have like, no sympathy for this ass fuck.
2: <laughs> he started getting arrested for unrelated crimes. Um, he took pills and drank a ton of vodka in order to confront Carla's mom to try to find her. With that never vod- happened.
1: Oh. Because you read it that he confronted her at her workplace, right?
2: After. Yeah. But, but she wasn't at the workplace. But
1: you but he, you said, you read the book where it said that he confronted her, tried to confront his, her mom at her mother's workplace. Yeah. That never happened. Because I would know about it. I looked into it. Oh. Remember what I said? My best friend's dad worked with her mom. That yeah. never happened. Huh. Never
2: happened. Okay,
1: well I <laughs> just want to interject because if I know it didn't happen, I'm going to Why say Why don't so. we
2: just cut it all out? <laughs> no, because it's funner to say it never <laughs> happened.
0: Yeah, but don't give such a long pause. You know, suspense kills people. Yeah, you know.
2: Okay, well, um I have been corrected. <laughs> I'd um, expect
1: you to do the same for me. So.
2: Either way, he recorded himself crying about losing Carla. <laughs> I know. You can find that
1: on the internet. It's hilarious.
2: It's oh, so pathetic.
1: Oh, She's Carla, a- Carla, Carla, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, you know what? You're a fucking douche. Yeah. You ass butt. Shut up.
2: <laughs> Even while he was on camera, like, listen, suicide is not a joke. It's not funny at all.
1: No, but he wasn't suicidal.
2: But when it comes to this piece of shit, he, quote unquote, attempted suicide on camera where he tried to cut his wrists and he didn't even draw blood.
1: No, because he's a narcissist. Yes. Narcissists can't do that.
2: And then proceeded to later on cry that he was too young to die. <laughs> 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 what a piece of shit. I hate this guy. And this is
1: why. This guy is why we should have the death penalty in Canada.
2: <laughs> um. So, Yeah. Carla's moving on, living her best life, I guess, dating a new guy. (laughs) Um, And then she finds out the cops are trying to involve her in the murder charges. That's when she tells her lawyer that she was there for Tammy, Leslie, and Kristen's murders. And that's when she tried to start working the police in order to get an offer. She spoke about Paul's abuse and fed on the sympathy of others. She loved it. Oh, yeah. She spoke about the incidents where victims disassociate or she was told about the incidents where victims disassociate when being abused and how they're unaware of things that are going on or things that they do. Um, The cops told her of battered wife syndrome, trying to convince her that maybe she was a participant, um, even though she was claiming that she was not willing whatsoever. Uh, She then convinced the police that she would testify against Paul if she was granted immunity. Uh, against in the two cases of yep. Kristen and Leslie, okay. the prosecutors were eager to get the case over with, so they agreed. Uh, and then she waited to tell the cops everything was on the tapes until this deal was made because she wanted to secure.
1: Well, I don't think she told them anything about the tapes until after the tapes were actually handed over, and that she had mm. to. And because of the embarrassment, the cops didn't renege on her deal.
2: Yeah. So the lawyer started telling her she needed to act the part she needed to move back in with her parents and she needed to break up with her boyfriend because the visual wasn't really great being the battered wife getting abused and then all of a sudden one month later dating somebody new yeah going out whatever partying sex sex (laughs)
1: because if you're abused and you just get out of an abusive relationship you don't even want to be touched let alone having sex with somebody
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of uh, Carla's behavior started to get questioned later on. Oh, it sh- as it should have. As it should have, absolutely. <laughs> um, so what was going on for Paul during that time? Oh, didn't we want to talk
1: about some of her, her deal? Of what exactly her deal entailed? Go ahead. if you Yeah. Want. So part of her deal included that, one, if she lies, gives misinformation, participated and physically killed anyone or involved in any of the rapes, on Henley Island or Scarborough, her deal is done. She, two, she will not give an account directly or indirectly to the press, media, or for the purposes of any book, movie, or like endeavor. Three, she will not seek or receive directly or indirectly any compensating compensation relating to the above, including any and all events and occurrences arising from the police investigation, criminal proceedings, or any statements given by her to the police. So yeah, she had a really strong deal. And the, her, the stuff about home, um, her sister was tacked on later, which would change her sentence, mm-hmm. to 12 instead of 10 years. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And then she was out anyway. It was like she had a chance to be out in four years, but she actually, I think she served her entire time. Yes, she did. Yeah. She did. She had to or we all would have rioted.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we all still wanted to riot.
2: Uh. So, as I was saying, where's Paul at right now? Well, he started dating someone new too. Good oh, for him. Moving on, her name was Marie, and <coughs> a lot of her personality was very similar to Carla in the sense that she loved writing love notes. Oh, the
1: fucking yeah. love notes.
2: Um, and the notes entailed a lot of uh, promises to have violent sex with him and being submissive. So,
1: is hmm. there like a dating site for like these?
2: Probably. As yeah, hats? Yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> there really is?
2: <laughs> I mean, probably not. Do you have back to go to the then. dark web to find this shit? No, I don't think so.
1: They didn't have the dark it web back is. in the early 90s. <laughs> they
2: barely had the web. <laughs> yeah. So where the hell would you meet these Remember people? Remember that dial tone? Dirty bars. Oh, dirty in order bars. To connect. Oh, you yeah. mean like the
1: seven seven eight seven six seven
2: sevens seven, whatever fucking numbers.
0: 1 800 have sex, I'm pretty sure, was one of them.
2: It's talking about the like dial tone to connect to the internet oh that wasn't until like 94 <laughs> 95
0: oh yeah yeah Ke- kelly kelly was, oh, wasn't born he, yet we yeah yeah like you weren't no oh come on it's fun anyways um <laughs> yeah no to load a single web page was like a half hour so that that's not the best place to order something back then but so yeah, yeah it would have been saying. yeah like, would have been more telephone or no. dirty parts i just said. Yeah. are you listening yeah were you?
1: Or even the the yeah. old fashioned personal ads. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the pina colada. Song. I was just
2: going to say that. If <laughs> you like pina colada. Where's my brother
1: was saying? If you like penis colada. Oh. Yeah. He does. I do
2: too.
1: You like penises? I was about it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why are you married to me? Shut up. <laughs> Bless you.
2: So Paul was finally arrested after all of this and during every interview and when he got arrested he acted bored and entitled like the little piece of shit that he is Um, he said absolutely nothing to the cops uh, they brought up the cement to him trying to get him to talk teasing him that there was poor mixing done but he didn't bite that he just said if he was the one who did it he would have done it right <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it <was an> idiot. <laughs> it's like the OJ book. If I had done it. Yeah, well we already yet. Uh, the cops got a search warrant for the house, finally. And they found blood splatter on the walls. Newspaper clippings of each crime. Test tubes containing mysterious substances. A brown paper bag filled with soiled women's underwear ew whose underwear did we ever find out who soiled them like did we find out whose underwear i think it was uh just random victims and carla's and
0: well that's a whole lot of dirty trophies like if you're trying to get away with stuff don't keep everything yeah it's like a hoarder's nightmare if they have a ring keep that ring You'll be known as the ringkeeper guy, whatever. Don't keep like their hair and then, you know, their
1: soiled underpants. Yeah.
0: And then, and then be so involved in it that you're like, okay, you know what? I like these newspaper articles. I'm going to keep those too. No, that's not fucking Oh, before either, we go right? on,
1: can we talk about the videotape of Carla walking through her house with the police and the lawyers? Uh, I guess. Just yeah, quickly, just, quickly ahead, before go you on. go on.
2: Actually, just can I yeah. just say something? Yeah. Quick, go ahead. Um, sorry. Just related to what Matt's saying. Um, Carla was actually questioned on a Mickey Mouse watch she was seen wearing in one of the videos. Yeah. Or in a video. Oh, it was when she got admitted to the hospital. Yeah. She was wearing the... Mickey Mouse watch. Yes. And um... Kristen French apparently had a Mickey Mouse watch The exact same one. And so they questioned her on it. Like, where did you get that Mickey Mouse watch? Um, And Carla said that it actually belonged to her sister, Tammy. Now... Maybe that's believable because I actually had a Mickey Mouse watch when I was a kid. A lot of people did. Yeah, I think a lot of people did. But uh, now that makes me question either was it a coincidence that she had that or even if it did belong to Tammy, was she like wearing it to remind her of Kristen? Um, probably likely she was wearing it for Paul to remind
1: himself of Tammy.
2: Or that. Yeah.
1: You know, the, I think there could be a million, million, reasons, million yeah. reasons. And yes, it could be a coincidence. I don't personally believe in coincidences in this, these types of cases. But the fact that, yes, Tammy did have one. And it could have been the same one. Or that could have been bullshit, too. Or it could have
2: been bullshit, right? We don't really know. It could have been the Kristen's. They took it off of her and <laughs> kept it as a trophy. From what I understand from what
1: I've read is that they destroyed the watch that Kristen was wearing and any jewelry that she had on. I It's hard to say. But, but yeah, go ahead. Tell so me. I, I don't know. Did I forward you the video clip of her walking around their house? And I don't think so. No. OK, so on YouTube, you can find it if you look Carl Homolka tours her house she goes to the house after the police have pretty much ripped it all apart. And she stops the police and she's like, can I just like, can I just ask you a question? Is all my furniture okay? Is all my furniture <laughs> in storage? Because, I mean, that stuff means something to me. And then she was going on about something else. I can't remember what it was. She was kind of mad at the bathroom. Wait, was it the hope chest? Oh, maybe. No, I don't think she mentioned the hope chest. But there was another one, too, saying that she, is there like this book? Like, this kid's book that was down here in the basement. She was in the basement after. Uh. She's asking about this book just because my sister Lori would want it. I'm like, I don't think Lori wants anything out of your house. Yeah, no kidding. You know, like, Uh. I'm pretty sure she tried to distance herself as far as possible from these two. Oh, my God. To the point that she changed her name from Lori to Logan. Like, sorry, I'm not supposed to say that it's public knowledge whatever but yeah like she was going through this house and she was like oh I just want to know where my furniture is and she's like all concerned about her furniture and then she's like where did all of my stuff go that was in the bathroom and she's all concerned about her stuff and that is a classic narcissistic personality disorder more concerned about her things and her stuff not concerned about what was done to these poor girls it was What's going to happen to me? I feel so bad. Yes, you do, because you got caught. You feel bad because yeah. you got caught. You don't feel bad that you did it or that these girls suffered. You feel bad because you got caught. Yep. And you feel bad because now your stuff is gone and your stuff is, you don't even know where, you know. So, yeah. Shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> Thank Shut you. the fuck up, bitch. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay, right, sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, when the police were raiding their house... Uh, they finally found the uh, videotapes, which were stored, I believe. The police didn't th- find them.
1: Uh, his lawyer found them.
2: Oh yeah, you said that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. His yeah. lawyer. He instructed My, his sorry. lawyers
1: to go in after the police did
2: everything, and then right. he told them exactly where he hid them. But I believe it was in the above the garage in the insulation. Yeah, he moved them. Yes, from the hope chest.
1: No, they moved them from the hope chest up there before that. He moved and them to. And then into, he moved them after above that? pot lights in the bathroom. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay
2: um sorry
1: (laughs) we always see this is the thing you're getting we're both doing such good research we're getting so many different stories
2: is that good research though
1: (laughs) it is but at the same time it's like it tells you that the lore of this case is just it hung on so many people's details Mm -hmm. that
2: well i think like i read three or four books you know a lot i also live through it (laughs)
1: yes yes i live through it yeah not as a victim but
2: No, I remember hearing about it when I was a kid, but I was very young. I was like
1: 14 and I was paying attention to the trial. I was very
2: young.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I I have a little more knowledge from Mm -hmm. at the time of.
2: And just the connections you have, too. Yeah. I have a lot of connections, actually. So, uh, on the tapes, it showed Carla as an active participant, not a victim. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'll let I'll throw over to you the details about what they did for Tammy.
1: Oh, like how they got him on the Tammy charges? Her. Oh, her? Mm-hmm. They didn't really get her on those charges. Um See, I changed my page because I was not expecting you to throw oh, it. Oh, I'm back so at me. sorry. Jeez. Um <laughs> So after they made the deal with Carla for um Kristen and Leslie the deal was done, um, but they had to add Tammy Homolka, and they didn't add Tammy Homolka to her list until May 5th of 1993, which I believe is after the tapes were found. Um, the, once the tapes were found, though, they, they couldn't not add her sister to the charges, but they couldn't renege on her deal because they would have lost any leverage over Bernardo they had. Plus, they would have suffered immense embarrassment to the public, mm-hmm. which it didn't matter because they were damned if they do and they were damned if they don't because they were highly... Highly embarrassed by the public after everything went public anyways because we were pissed at this deal. The homoka should have been 25 to life as well, not 12 years. So when they got the um, the tapes, they tacked on two more terms to be su- um, to be served concurrently. so she would be now serving two 12 year um, terms instead of just two 10 year terms. So that means she would be up for parole 3 years and 4 months. She'd be now up for parole 4 years and 4 months. And she escaped any sexual assault charges and will not be on any sex offenders list, which to me is bullshit. She was she clearly sexually assaulted her sister and Kristen and Leslie and she should be on a list and should have been castrated and not allowed to have children. Sorry. I um, passionate, mm-hmm. we'll call it. Mm-hmm.
2: So during the trial, <coughs> Carla spent four days telling her story about the murders and rapes, adding and withholding details each time. So yep. the story would change slightly every time she was telling it. Um, she, as I said before, she absolutely loved the attention. And every time she was getting into detail about what was going on, the everybody that was listening to it would have to take breaks because listening to the, the retelling of the stories was just... Absolutely horrifying as any sane person would think. Same with the jury because the jury and the, not so much
1: the the gallery, but Mm -hmm. everybody in the actual courtroom, the jury included the judge, had to actually sit through the tapes.
2: Yes. The visual tapes. More than once.
1: More than once. And everybody in the gallery could actually hear the audio from these tapes. So you can imagine what that had to do to those people. Oh, yeah. Especially the parents. Oh, my God.
2: But even just while she was talking, they were taking a lot of breaks and eventually she was like criticizing them on feeling the need to take so many breaks because she was like starting to get amped up and get into the story and get excited because she was getting all this attention and then all of a sudden they would need a break. Yeah. And that was upsetting her. Yeah. Um, It's because she was getting off on it. Yeah. She absolutely was.
1: She's what they call a very rare, very rare offender for a female Mm -hmm. because she would get actually off on the assaults, where most women don't kill or even attack like this. They don't do it for sexual gratification. Men do it mostly. It's a way for them to get off. Even stabbing a woman is a simple way for them to get off. Women don't normally function that way.
2: Well, I think even when I was reading about uh, the profile they were building, they originally said that it was two men. Yeah.
1: And one would be submissive and one would be dominant. Yeah. I don't find that in this case. Obviously, it's not two men, but I don't feel that there's a submissive in this case.
2: Yeah, I think we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Yes, proceed. So, after Carla's testimony, Paul was formally charged, uh, based on it. Charged with two counts of first-degree murder, two counts of kidnapping, two counts of unlawful confinement, two counts of aggravated sexual assault, and one count of indignity to a human body when he dismembered. Yeah. Uh... During this time, Paul's father was released from jail from unrelated sexual harassment charges. Yeah, because his daughter
1: decided to take him to court because she suspected her father of molesting her own daughter. Obviously, she couldn't get him charged with her own molestation because statute of limitations. And yeah, I'm sorry, there too shouldn't much be a time. statute of limitations on that.
2: Yeah, because but of... Yeah. Sorry, that's something I'm very passionate about because like sometimes it takes a long time for people to process what's happened to them or even remember yeah. What's happened, especially if it's like when you were a child. Yeah. So I agree with you. There should not be a, a statue statute of limitations, limitations on
1: and that And what situation. is it? Is it five or 15 years? I don't know. I can't even remember. I know it's for day. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. 15 years, five years, it's, it's too short. You should have time. Yeah. Therapy sometimes will bring that out. Mm-hmm. So even if you had no idea you were molested, you could be in therapy and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I remember. Like as soon as that door opens in your brain. You can't close it. You just can't.
2: Yeah. You need closure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> In a weird way, yeah. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to get justice for that indignity.
2: So, uh, Paul's father started taking bids on his story for, quote-unquote, raising the most notorious cel- serial killer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another piece of shit.
1: Wow, that family's a piece of work, isn't it?
2: <sighs> yeah. Um. So believe the tapes were three and a half hours long total
1: something like that um that's still too long yes that's three hours and 59 minutes too long (laughs) yes (laughs)
2: um they were like they needed to be watched obviously during the trial um they had actually named tape number one the red hot chili pepper yeah not after the band after apparently i think it was a restaurant Oh, yeah, there yeah. was a chili pepper in, yeah. in St. Catharines, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Um, and in tape number one, it was mainly sex acts involving Leslie and Kristen. Uh, tape number two was the conclusion of the rape and everything that was done to Kristen. Um, the rapes of Tammy and Jane Doe and all the other um, cases. And... Carla could be seen repeatedly pouring halothane on a cloth and putting it on Jane Doe's face, as well as Carla visibly enjoying herself. There were also instances of voyeurism and Carla role-playing as Tammy after Tammy had passed away.
1: Yes, in her sister's bedroom in her parents' house. Yeah, there was actually one... um, That was actually really maybe the more disturbing scene, I think, was reading about that.
2: Yes, um, not to go into... Too much detail, but there was one part where she was holding a photo of Tammy over in front her, of face. her face. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, and going
2: like, "I'm Tammy Lynn. Yes. I love Paul."
1: Like, it was reading that I
2: was like sick in my then stomach, giving him a BJ. Yeah, with the photo over her face. Um. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Um. It was at this point after watching the videos that Carla was starting to be seen as not remorseful. And that she had no signs of PTSD uh, from her abuse. Uh, uh. Uh, they noted that she would lie. Like, if whatever she was saying was in her best interest. That the stories changed depending on who she was talking to. And that she would use a recovered memory trick. Which she learned from her favorite book, Michelle Remembers, that I mentioned earlier. Um, and that she would just casually go through the events. Like, she would have no trauma signs or anything as she was talking about things the videos were shown three times to the jury paul testified and enjoyed having everybody listen to what he did as well but Um, he still
1: vehemently denied killing
2: mm -hmm. yeah
1: both girls yes both girls he said carlo did both girls
2: yes he he's admitted to the sexual (laughs) assaults which obviously were on camera but he Every time would accuse Carla of killing off camera, and even still to this day,
1: like almost thirty years later, he still denies that he killed both really? those girls. Yes, and if you think about it, they the forensics matched up the knee, the prints in the back of Leslie and Kristen to the size of the knees of Carla, not yes. him. Yeah, they
2: said of a smaller, person. A smaller f- person that yeah. it would be a match to knee
1: prints in their back.
2: When well, they were reviewing the footage, allegedly. And- interviewing paul um they reviewed each trophy in detail made them watch his videos again and again and him watch his videos again and again which he enjoyed obviously paul was found guilty on all accounts thank god
1: yeah it was eight men eight and four women came back with guilty verdicts on all charges
2: carla later stated that when she was in prison she felt safe and she enjoyed being away from paul Carla served a sentence of 10 years and she was released on July 4th in 2005. The judge gave a statement saying that Carla was still very much a risk to the public. Since then she's never been arrested again. And I believe she got married and had children with her she lawyer. She has two two young sons. Yeah, with the lawyer, right? With, the,
1: with her lawyer's brother-in-law, or, brother oh, is or brother-in-law, that. Yeah. Okay.
2: yeah, still a weird connection. Yeah, it is weird. It is very weird.
1: That woman should not be free. No. Like I said earlier, she should have been freaking sterilized.
2: And just like a quick note, I know you sort of said it, but um, Paul is still alive. Mm-hmm. I think there's some people that don't realize that. I'm not sure because it was in the
1: news recently that he's been up for parole and he was denied mm-hmm. parole recently. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. But you know what? This is my theory. This is why I think we should have the death penalty. Because keeping an asshole like that alive, we are paying for him to be protected in prison. Yeah, and he's got access to the internet. Granted, it's it's monitored, but he's got a TV in his cell. He's got all the comforts he can because well, he doesn't have to that, leave it. And we're paying for that. I'm sorry, that guy should be fucking hanging from a goddamn tree.
0: That, that's one of the things that pisses me off. Like, there's like, you know, full blown family men. That for whatever reason can't get a job, can't keep a job, or even just families in general that can't, you know, pay bills each month. But yet, if you go out and stab a fucker, we'll put you up for life and you don't have to worry about any social thing ever again. It's like, well, isn't that kind of like winning the lottery? You don't really have to worry about sustaining yourself anymore. You're just kind should- of taking care of.
1: With Paul, though, they should, like, oh, we're not going to put you in solitary and protect you. You're going into gen pop, and guess what? He would have been dead within a week, and we yeah. wouldn't be talking about this.
2: Well, and the other thing I read was that um, they actually had to, like, go out and get special food for Paul because He's otherwise... dietary issues. Well, and <laughs> if um, the 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 kitchen staff found out that they were making food and Paul was going to be getting it, they would, like, spit in it or piss in it or whatever. Let them. Yeah, let I know. them fucking do it. What's with the special See, treatment is where of we this butting guy? Woodsy
1: should be here weighing in on this aspect of this case: is the incarceration incarceration of people like Paul because he obviously had ex, like experience, right? Like, how why why are we taking this these steps to protect him? Why why were we doing that with Robert Picton? Is still alive, right? I don't know no. actually, but they did it know. with the other guy. I can't remember Clifford Olson. They protected him and. You know, they're protecting all these people who are, like, scum of the earth here in Canada. Stop protecting them. Let natural selection... Well, maybe not natural, but prison natural selection take care of these issues. Let them kill Paul Bernardo. I don't give a flying fuck, and I bet you there's not one person out there who would.
2: Now, I I think I agree with you about the gen pop thing, but I don't think any government entity should have the option of... Like taking a life or choosing who gets to live or die because I think that's a slippery slope. That's
1: a good thing because it's not usually the government who chooses. It's the jury who chooses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At least in the states, the jury is the one. In the death penalty states, they they choose who does. Yeah. The only thing I don't agree with is you have to be sure. And those tapes, if you have Paul on tapes committing those acts of sexual violence towards these girls who are children,
2: Yeah, they are children. They're children.
1: That automatically, to me, should have you fried. Automatically. Any acts, sexual acts towards children of underage or rapes of women or men, because it happens, should automatically be considered a life sentence or a death. Sentence to death. Because those people are not going to be rehabilitated. There's, I do not believe in rehabilitation within the prison system for hardcore criminals. And that means sex criminals and murderers. There's no fucking way you can rehabilitate those people. There's just none. They're beyond it. There's something fucked up with them. You cannot rehabilitate them. They can play the nice guy card all they want. But even freaking Edmund Kemper says that, yes, I'm an intelligent man. I know exactly what I was wrong. Do not release me because I cannot be rehabilitated. I will do this again. Mm. His honesty, I commend him on that. Do I respect him? No. Do I know what he did? Yeah, and it's disgusting. But I respect the fact that he recognizes the main problem. He cannot be rehabilitated. And that, he says, as well, cannot. nobody can be rehabilitated. Not for that. If you did drugs and you or traffic drugs fine yeah you could probably be rehabilitated but once you cross that line into a sex crime or once you cross that line into murder forget it forget it sorry my rant over and that's not even on my opinion piece yet
2: mm-hmm. so i think first off we, we wanna want to hear what we you want, you want think, Matt's Matt. opinion
1: on the case
0: well to me it sounds like she kept helping him find sex toys and when he broke them or they together broke them. They just, yeah, it was, it sounded like it turned into like the weekend game. You know what I mean? That's why they named the one, was well, the June? The January girl. January. January girl. You know, that. that's how <laughs> how much that it was just becoming another number to them, you know, kind of like a lot of the way the companies <laughs> treat you at most places now. You're just a number and that's it, right? But, yeah. On a more disgusting degree with, you know, just calling her January girl. That's really, like...
1: Dehumanizing?
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so we got a little over ten minutes before you hit the hour mark anyway.
1: Kelly's turn for her opinion on the case.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, before we jump into the opinion, I just kind of wanted to touch on... um, Paul's Vanilla Ice obsession, because we didn't get to talk about it in the first part. Oh, yes. But- he had an obsession with bad white rappers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carla loved the Beastie Boys. Paul loved Vanilla Ice, so we decided to emulate him. And he decided to go by the name Young Hype.
1: Worst rapping name ever.
2: <laughs> so, he- And I'm a wrestling fan. I know bad rapping names. <laughs> he cut and dyed his hair like Vanilla Ice. He created a rap album called Deadly Innocence (laughs) and decided he wanted to rap about what he knew, which was parties, girls, young love. He wanted to talk about the issues he faced like relationships, breakups, stealing and death. And just note that his rhymes and his lyrics really sucked. I'm going to go over a couple of them.
1: We were going to have Matt read them, but he denied. I, yeah. He denied I thought his. it would be pretty funny. But... It'd be funny if you had the white guy read the white guy's rap
2: <laughs>
1: lyrics. Uh, they so bad.
2: Uh, He wanted to be cool to like 15, 16 year olds because he wanted to fuck them, obviously. This helped him become closer to Tammy back then was when he was starting to get into his quote unquote rap career. She must have been a
1: really sweet girl for her not to tell him the truth. <laughs>
2: So he eventually explained the meaning of his album title, Deadly Innocence, in his lyrics. And here it (laughs) goes. I'm not even going to look at you, because if I do, you're not going to get through this. I am not going to rap it. I am not going to try and get a rhythm, because there's no way to get a rhythm, because it sucks. If he steps on me because I look non-threatening, it's his biggest mistake. It's a case of misjudging or underestimating. It's a case of deadly innocence. That doesn't rhyme. No, it doesn't. (laughs) And then, (laughs) excuse me, another lyric. You think I'm innocent, but behind this, I'm packing a lot of deadliness. So come at me. I got a nice face. I'm a pretty boy. So why don't you come at me, man? Take your best shot. See what happens to you, pal. You're out of here, man. You come at me with your beer belly and think you're really tough. I come back looking like I'm 13 years old and I'll kick your ass. I'll kill your parents and shoot your girlfriend and fuck your wife. That's me. Deadly innocence. <laughs> okay. This should be good.
0: He's saying he's 13 and bragging about it? <laughs> I don't
1: know. At 13, you're masturbating into a sock. He wasn't 13.
2: I think he was like 20. To he's 20 in
1: his or 20s. Or yeah, early 20s. But he said he looks like he's thirteen.
0: If he's looking like he's thirteen, he should be getting a paper route. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like not not threatening people in a bar. It's like, hey man, yeah, I'm gonna kick your ass. Yeah, how's that? Cause I look thirteen. It's like really, like I've had meals bigger.
2: <laughs> you have had shits bigger. So unfortunately, I couldn't find any recordings of him rapping. That would have been great. That would have been great. I would love to play that. But uh, instead, you get to listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he had pages and pages of lyrics similar to this. Even the cat's got a what the fuck look on
0: her face right
2: now. (laughs) She's like, what the fuck, mom? Uh, The other thing he was obsessed with was Friday the 13th franchise, just like his girlfriend. Um, And he tried to connect that to his rap obsession. He connected, like, the beat looping um, to how Jason always came back differently in the movies.
0: Oh, that's where he's getting the 13 from. H-
2: oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, shit. I never even made that connection. Holy shit. Good job, Matt. you to have to pull that out. Um, and because <laughs> of these connections, he developed his quote-unquote theory of life. <laughs> which he said people came back more <laughs> or less themselves just in different places. <clears throat> And I really think that this belief added to his abusive tendencies. Um, when he was being interrogated, he was asked about his theory of life. And that was the only time during the interrogation where he actually like started talking about anything. And the cops eventually had to be like, OK, stop, because <laughs> they didn't want to listen to it anymore. <laughs> um, can you imagine? And then okay, he- can you just
1: stop talking, please?
2: <laughs> And then the other thing I wanted to just touch on really quick is um, his similarity to uh, Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. The book was released a couple years after him and Carla started doing their thing. They both love this book. Some of their similarities are they're both obsessed over their looks. They both like to flex in the mirror. They both treated women like objects, or like to do sexual sexual degradation. They both used Halcyon in their crimes. They both made videos of girlfriends having sex with other women. And their sexual assault MO was pretty similar as well. Paul liked to force wine bottles into his victims, whereas Patrick forced hairspray cans into his victims. Yeah, Paul wasn't the first, though, because That's uh, fair. Green River Killer also inserted a wine bottle into a mm-hmm. lady's vagina. Yep. Uh, and then they both like to dismember I hate bodies. I know that. Okay. Um, now I don't. I think uh, we'll kind of open it up for discussion here. But um, they, I did read about their pet iguana. Did you ever read about? Yes, that?
1: Yes, I did, and
2: I didn't want to talk about it because it made me sick. It it is, but I think it kind of shows their personalities and how they feed on each other. Which is why I wanted to bring it up, but if it's too upsetting, then we can can bring it up. Like we've already, uh, if I get upset and leave out an iguana, we just talked about girls getting murdered. What kind of person does that make me? Really, okay. Well, they had a pet iguana for a short period of time. Um, Spike, yeah, which is I think a good name for an
1: iguana. I think it's also a very common name for an iguana. (laughs) Yeah, probably.
2: Um, but Mm. without getting into too much detail, Paul killed it because it whipped him with his tail. It bit him. Bit him and then I think it whipped it yeah. him yeah. Then they ate it. Did you not get that part? Nope. Apparently, they, I guess the insides. Maybe they
1: barbecued him and ate him.
2: The insides, I guess, because they skinned it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah. the skin in the garage. Oh yeah, yeah. They yeah, skinned yeah.
2: it, but they they barbe- Ended up barbecuing him and yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, they um, Paul actually decapitated it with a knife that he just had in the kitchen after throwing it against the wall. Um
1: and then. And when, by the way, they did this in front of company. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think it was Van and his girlfriend. I think wasn't? so. Yeah. Um. Carla cut it open after um, Paul had killed it. And when she found its testicles, she was like, oh, he was a boy, which is fucking weird. Yeah. And then, uh, as we alluded to, they flayed the creature and hung the skin in the garage and apparently ate it. So. Yeah. Um, but I think that kind of shows you the two they are two different personalities and there are two different characters um Paul is very violent and reactive, compulsive, things like that, whereas Carla is very methodical, yeah, and highly intelligent um that's the only really really reason I wanted to bring it up um because I think it's a perfect example of the two of them, but well, they
1: had one element of the homicidal triad and that's the the cruelty to animal aspect. Yes. Um. As far as we know, there's no bedwetting in his history or hers. Yeah, I never heard about that. Um. Yeah. Or, and, the
2: or arson. Head injuries.
1: The head injury. that I think the the one catalyst to his personality change might have been the lack of oxygen to his brain when he was born. It might have yeah. gone to that one part of his oh, um cerebral. Yeah, that's cerebr- that's cerebr- a good point. Yeah. That might have affected his um moral compass. Mm-hmm. As for her, well, women don't usually follow the a homicidal triad in the first place um, we can't be profiled because there's not a lot of us and the, the ones that are I like how you're saying us well because we're female
2: is it because we're female or you're <laughs> counting yourself as no. a
1: female serial I didn't killer I can profile myself <laughs> easily I've had none of those I'm definitely not a cruelty oh against animals you profiled yourself haven't you nope oh, I gonna, love doing that. you
2: want to profile me not right now maybe after, later maybe later yeah.
1: Who do I get to profile? Nobody, I've already profiled you a hundred times.
2: Um <laughs>
1: you don't wanna know. Oh nice. I know you can kill me, you're too lazy. <laughs> it
2: takes a lot of work. But I think the two of them together created the perfect storm.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely. There's like and they a match each other gasoline on, can. Yes. But uh yeah, do you wanna go over your thoughts on the case?
1: So my opinion is more of what how this affected me. So obviously I I said, I grew up in the middle of all of this. I was 12 when Kristen French was abducted and murdered. I can remember the fear we had as a community. We knew that the killers drove through my small town multiple times. We were told to never walk or play outside alone, stay in groups, avoid any cream colored sports cars. And then we had a 6 PM town curfew. Um, It was all terrifying. What Carla Homolka and Paul Bernard did affected so many people. Mostly the victims, their families and friends, but also the Homolcos and Bernardo families as well.
2: Sorry, if I can just interject. Yeah. That's really disturbing that, like, you were told the incorrect information. Yeah. About the vehicle. Yeah. It was shoved down our throats. Oh, my God. It was shoved down our throats. They even did an hour-long
1: special on CH that was really cheesily done and you can find on YouTube. And it shows you the whole thing.
2: Which focuses on the wrong car. The abduction of (laughs) Kristen
1: French on YouTube. Look it up. And it focuses everything on the wrong car, on the wrong profile, everything. It's bad. And it's also super cheesy. So, yeah. So, anyways, it affected not only, like, our friends and family, like, their friends and families, but, you know, everybody. In and around the Burlington and St. Catharines community. I can pretty much say that this case was what got me curious about crime. Sorry, I'm getting stuffed up. And why people do these horrific things to others. Like, it made me think, why? Why do people do these things? And this is probably the case that started it. Um, I remember at the end of the school year class trip to Brock University in 1991. I believe I was in grade six maybe five i can't remember one of those um we had all sorts of activities to do my group went along this trail along lake gibson and we took a wrong turn and it was already rainy and muddy and stuff and some of us slipped and we fell myself and two other girls we actually fell into the lake and it wasn't deep we got back up and on the shore rather quickly and a few days later they found leslie Mahaffey's body not far from where we slipped in i have friends whose parents knew the Homolka family. And we're at Paul and Carla's wedding. I have friends who knew the Mahaffey family. I have friends who knew some of Kristen's friends. It, se- friends. it seems that many of us who grew up around here have a connection to this case. And here's what I don't understand. And how come the Crown didn't pull Homolka's deal? Once they received all the tapes and saw that she eagerly, she eagerly participated in the sexual assaults of her own sister, Leslie Mahaffey, Kristen French, and Jane, my guess is they didn't want to be embarrassed. By the fact that they got played by her. And they did. They got played. Compliant victim, my fat ass. I'm sorry. She was not a compliant victim. She was not a victim at all. And it makes me sick that she played this card. And even when I was 13, I didn't buy into that bullshit. And I sure as hell don't buy into it now. And I do believe that they never meant to kill Tammy. And that they assaulted her and put her in harm's way. That was the only thing they did. I don't think they wanted her dead at any cost. If they did, why bother fucking drugging her? Right? Um, I do think that they did, didn't really plan on killing Leslie at first, but I think it became part of the plan midway through and Kristen was obviously going to die no matter what at that point, And it sucks. And she was dead the moment that they put her into that car.
0: So one thing when it comes to profiling, was there evidence of post-mortem grossness?
1: No, no.
0: Okay, so because... A lot of you, yes. That gets into a whole nother (laughs) ball of... necrophilia. Um, No, there's no signs of that. Okay, all right. I'm I'm glad that this is not that kind of show.
1: Yeah, no. So, to the media who barely covered Leslie Mahaffey's case because she wasn't perfect, screw you. The media barely looked her way. Instead, the victims shamed her and her parents for allowing her to be out late. And I'm sorry, that's a dick move. Maybe she was out late, but she did not deserve to be taken, tortured, killed, and dismembered. She was a beautiful young girl who was just trying to figure out who she was and made mistakes along the way, like we all do. And I feel so bad for her parents. No one would help them, not the police and not the media. The entire Mahaffey family were victims, in my opinion. And if Paul Bernardo didn't beat Carla that last time in early January 93, would they have gotten away with it? Possibly. And here's why they likely would have abducted and tortured and killed at least one more. However, their abduction of Christian French, although well planned, went very sloppy. There was evidence left at the scene, eyewitnesses, sort of, but we all know that eyewitnesses cannot be trusted. They were getting more and more careless and the time frame for a third abduction was closing in on them. They would have had to do it that January month because as we know, the DNA take the DNA taken three years prior from some of Bernardo's rape victims came through and matched his sample that they gave him. Either way, they would have just barely gotten away with another girl, or he would have been under surveillance and both caught red-handed. It would have been over in 93 regardless. The ultimate question is, if Paul and Carla never met, would Paul Bernardo kill any of his victims? And would Carla Homolka ever murder anyone? Paul didn't get off on killing. He got off on the fear and terror. He got off on his victims while raping them. That's all he needed. He was a sexual sadist. If he killed, it would have been by accident. That would have either increased his violence towards his victims or scare him into stopping. As for Carla, I'm really not sure. Together they were toxic and very combustible. They fueled each other's dark sides and it was just a bad mix. I will say this, Carla Homolka should and still be in prison. She shouldn't have been able to have children or at least keep them. They should have been taken from her. She should not be free and she shouldn't be allowed to hide either. Bernardo should be in general population and let natural selection take care of him. Why should our tax dollars go to protecting him in segregation. I'd rather let an inmate take care of him and have my tax dollars be reward money.
0: I don't know if I agree with the part where you say he doesn't mean to kill them. Maybe, oops, you didn't mean to kill the first one. Yeah. After that, you start to get an idea of where that threshold should be. Yeah. So, no. I'm, I'm so not... I don't know if I agree with didn't mean to kill. What, what
1: I... the part where if he never met Carla, would he have killed that part?
0: No. Or you mean
1: after he killed Tammy by accident.
0: Well, you said that he said he admitted to all the... The rapes. The rapes and everything. But he never meant to kill any of them. No, he never said he killed any of them. He
1: he stuck to a story that he never killed anybody. That was Carl who killed
0: them. I don't know. This whole thing's kind of washed out and retold, I think. You know what I mean?
1: Well, it's got 30 years on it, right?
0: Well, that, you know, retellings and... Reimaginings of, uh, like, like we've already picked out a couple different incidences where facts have been given one way, and then we've gone back and checked and said, no, that was actually, you know, not part of this or a misinformation. Mm-hmm. You know, back then you didn't have the internet to go just, you know, look it up. Like I said, it took you like a half an hour to get one webpage. But, uh, yeah. yeah, is that the whole shooting match? We Pretty got much. everybody's opinion, everybody's good and sad now. You know,
1: I'm gonna have to cleanse the house again. Yeah, get that white sage out.
0: Well, I don't know about you guys, but I think these guys caused 9 11. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that can be the running joke for every true crime podcast
0: why not it seems to work and only a couple people get to the end of the murder ones you know it gets lower as it goes up that's why we've kept this one down to two instead of four right yeah so if you did get to the end of the first one all the way through number four you'd get this joke if not go listen to it now it's it's pretty good the A. Call-
2: ramsey part four
0: Kelly's got the 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 best ending. Uh, ending, yeah, the best explanation of how it went down.
2: Sorry, I don't have something special this time. I should have. I, if if we had a couple alcoholic beverages, I might have wrapped. Sorry. Yeah.
0: Alrighty. Well, I've been missed. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Alrighty, I've been mystery <laughs> Matt, and this has been part two of our season three uh, opener, two parter kind of deal so thank you to everybody and uh we'll see you next week peace